0: All these Facebook Messenger chatbots aren't really intelligent, they do one or two skills and that's about it. It's like, can I help? Can I help? There's a level of trust you want to have with the assistant, right? uh, You want to build with the assistant because they have access, or you might give them access to your calendar, your phone, your family. The really good ones are the ones that actually are able to build insights you never would would have thought of.
1: I'm Justin Lokitz from Business Models, Inc. And on today's show, how Johnny Hsu, an AI and chatbot expert who helped his last company, Oslo, succeed and eventually get acquired by Facebook, feels about the changing landscape of how people engage through chatbots. The big question is, how might AI and chatbots change the way you think about the future, especially in the context of the next living lab? I'm here today with uh, Johnny Shu to talk a little bit about AI and chatbots and automated speech recognition and, and the changing landscape of pe- how people think about interacting and engaging with some of these things and maybe even their brands. Uh, we happen to be sitting on Johnny's roof uh, <laughs> looking at a beautiful San Francisco day after a little bit of rain. Yeah. Perhaps we were just talking maybe the most San Francisco thing we could <laughs> possibly do except maybe if we had drinks along. A couple of beers would have been nice yeah. but yeah. So next time. Maybe we'll do that next time. So uh, I brought Johnny Shoe today because uh, you know he's really uh, an expert in AI and chatbots and and automated speech recognition. But maybe Johnny, maybe you tell us a little bit about yourself if I haven't done it justice.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh- uh, I like to describe myself as a user-driven product manager. Uh, we went to school together in CCA's DMBA program, and after graduating, I found Oslo, and I was an early part of the design and product team getting to build, basically, this next evolution of search. Uh, that was actually our thesis in the beginning of the company uh, before we even had a product, and this was back in 2014 where you know everyone still used a lot of apps to find movies, restaurants. All this data, it was sourced in different uh, apps. So our goal was to find one uniform product uh, that could achieve the user's goal of getting the answer they wanted, and that turned out to be this digital assistant uh, named Oslo. And you know, then the chatbot space kind of blew up. Um, and there's a lot of all these companies starting to build uh, little chatbots to the big giant tech companies. So I had a role in building our version of the chatbot. We got to design what the conversation looked like, which was an exciting experience. And as you mentioned, uh, Facebook took notice and they thought our tech would would have been a great fit for their assistant that they are building. So
1: Yeah, really interesting. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about what is a chatbot <laughs> and why chatbots and, and what is artificial
0: intelligence and how do those things connect? Sure. Sure. I think it's interesting when everyone talks about chatbots and artificial intelligence as if they're the same thing. They're actually quite different, primarily because, you know, chatbots have existed since the 80s when people were building uh, just a conversational um, interface talking to a computer. Usually it's a decision tree, right? You say one thing, the computer is going to spit something else out. Artificial intelligence doesn't really have to have a user interface. Actually, just, it could be many things. It's machine learning, it's analyzing data, providing new insights. It's when you combine the two into a digital assistant. And I think that's what uh, separated Oslo from other chatbots because it wasn't just uh, spitting data that uh, or intelligence that the chatbot only knew about, which was very limited. Uh, Oslo as a digital assistant had tons and tons of sources of data and it was providing new insights that uh, the data sources didn't even have so it was building on top of that uh, in terms of intelligence.
1: How does that intelligence build on top of something that it doesn't already have? What, How does that work?
0: Uh, that's part of the back-end team of sourcing uh, data from different sources. I'll give you an example, right? So at Oslo, we uh, got restaurant data from Yelp, Foursquare, um, and we bought our data as well, but we combine that data with uh, different sources of um, data that you might not have heard of. Like, uh, there's many sources and we build intelligence on top of that by, so my favorite example is you were actually an early tester of this. I was, It was the uh, dietary restrictions and being able to label menu items on uh, basically dishes and telling you which ones were able to fit your diet, whether it's gluten-free or it contains dairy, right? Right. And we were able to combine it and then provide it in a conversational interface. Yeah. So that's kind of the intelligence layer on top of just the chatbot. The chatbot is only just a conversation layer.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what was really interesting, even in these early tests and where I sort of, you know, found that you had this very specific niche here, uh, you know, in managing these kinds of this interfaces, in many ways, this is, this is you know, zero interface design, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, What I found about the, you know, Oslo and, and the way it worked and the way it chatted back to me was all I had to do was ask it a, a realistic question, hey, where can I find uh, something of this type in kind of this area, I'm going to be here later tonight, yep. and it would answer in an answer that, you know, as if I actually had an assistant. And not in on, on a screen always, it could actually say, hey, here's some here's some things that I found. Do you want me to tell you a little bit about some of these things? And, right. and it would go a little bit deeper.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, the goal was we found the conversational space to be the right UI for Oslo because it was one interface. It was one search bar basically with an info bar for messaging. You could say whatever you wanted. If you were looking for uh, something on Yelp, you would have to put in your query and then you have to go into the next box and change the location of exactly what you want. You can't really put a time anywhere else. So uh, we wanted in the beginning to change the interface and chat was the the best way to do it. And then we uh, later evolved it to uh, voice as well.
1: Yeah, interesting. So maybe tell us a little bit about why why, uh, Facebook? Acquired Oslo. What do you think that they did that for? You know, Facebook's a giant company. Sure, it's got you know two billion plus uh, customers uh, that come to it every single day, and and here's this little startup that has something really unique in a chatbot. But why? Why? Why Facebook and why Oslo?
0: Yeah, uh, from my perspective, I really think it's uh, either they're going to build it themselves, which is going to take quite a many a few years, mm-hmm. or they could look at a company that's been doing for almost four years now. Uh, that has built traction, has built a interface that basically innovated in the space that wasn't there maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just a great alignment, a great fit uh, for both companies. Right, interesting. And maybe, maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, I think about chatbots and
1: uh, you know, and some of the statistics out there about how people engage with brands, you know, whether they're airlines or restaurants or mm-hmm. uh, perhaps even more in a business context. And, you know, I, and I've, there are some statistics which I, I won't rattle off about sure. people, you know, really, especially younger people, millennials, uh, needing instant response to something <laughs> and, and perhaps leaving soon after. But maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you think things like AI and chatbots and, and, you know, natural language processing behind these things, how these might change the landscape of how people actually communicate with brands, with companies, internally,
0: externally. I'd start by saying it's kind of like a, two-sided value market in a way, right? From the consumer side, you know, like yeah, you mentioned millennials because there's studies done from what I read. I won't go into like specifically which ones, but that basically uh, summarized that millennials don't really want to interact with a customer support agent. They just want a, a, a simple interface to talk to a bot or whatever to achieve their goal. Do they even care that it's a bot? I don't think so. Yeah. So you have these startups that are doing mental health and fitness and all of it too right that basically it's just an assistant that's automated that's on the business side, it's great because it automates a lot of the customer service, right? And it's rapid response times, the user has a question they want to ask, and they could probably get a response much faster than a customer support agent. It might not be the most accurate response, but it gets them somewhere and you start uh, at least interacting with them, and then you could funnel them down to a customer support agent if it does need to get a little bit deeper.
1: Yeah. And how is this different from, you know, the the old phone trees where you (laughs) call the theater and push one if you want to hear blah, blah, blah. Right. How is this different?
0: So that's the chat and the um, chatbot aspect where conversation and natural language processing kicks in, right? Like the user could say a million things, and they could. the The most interesting challenge I had at Oslo was when a user comes in. Do Do you want them to be super verbose in their request, or do you want to just have them say hi? Oh yeah. And then you walk them through a happy path, and then to find what they want. So it's always a fine balance, and that's where natural language. Uh, processing comes in because you want to understand what the user's intent is if they write a sentence or even maybe a paragraph, like four sentences, and basically to take out the insights and decide on a next step. And you want it to feel natural, right? That's, yeah. You don't want to uh, put like a hashtag slash backspace. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, like a typical Google search, right, for the pro users. Right, right. So, exactly. So, this is taking the pro out of the
1: out of that and, and turning it into conversation exactly. where you're going with this.
0: To make it more humane, to be yeah, honest.
1: Yeah. And what do, uh, you know, if, if there's a company out there that perhaps, you know, thinks about this chat about, oh, wow, this could be great for our customer service or support or, mm-hmm. or ordering or engagement or whatever it is. What do they have to know when it comes to finding or designing the right? Chatbot or interface or any of the other sort of intricacies that go with something like this, uh, because it does feel really futuristic in many ways. You're you're eliminating humans in pieces of this, or maybe you're augmenting humans in other places. So, what do they need to know if they're doing
0: something or interested in doing something with a chatbot? I think two parts. Right, uh, it's definitely a emerging tech. Uh, it's a, a solution to uh, an old problem in terms of uh, targeting users on mobile or. Automating conversations. Uh, I think you really have to think about who your uh, users are, right? Like you mentioned, millennials, it could be that base and that's the base that you want to target. But if it's not, then you have to think about, you know, this could be solved easily through a web interface as well. And yeah. it doesn't have to be a chatbot, right? So, that I you know one example recently, uh, I don't know if you're this insurance company called Haven Life. No. Uh, they no. launched, uh, recently basically it's life insurance okay. for yeah. millennials i guess yeah. they probably want to pitch it that way but basically in their launch they had a redesigned website which looks fantastic but they also launched a chatbot alongside it so if you're in their shoes like i really wonder like do they need to launch a chatbot and do they also need to launch a website cuz it's doing double the work but it could be tar- one could be targeted towards millennials one could be targeted towards a different subset so i really think about who the stakeholders are
1: yeah, you're right. So, so really considering, you know, is the if you're launching something for people who aren't naturally chatting with each other in this right. way, perhaps it doesn't make sense. But certainly the opposite is true, too. If, you're, right. if, if someone really would rather text, and maybe again, maybe that's millennials, and maybe that's dumbing it down yeah. too much.
0: But <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's an easy uh, category to target. But I have to say, like, really, what is when you're designing a chatbot, what is the value you're delivering, right? That can't be done through a survey or a website.
1: I see. Right, yes.
0: because right. if you're having a conversation, yeah, it might be faster, you might hit them on Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or mm-hmm. any other Messenger interface. Mm-hmm. Um, can you deliver value within those 30 seconds or yeah. the first five interaction terms? Right. So, something right. to just consider. Right, very interesting. So, in all of
1: this, you know, in this in this future where we're, you know, see these kinds of interfaces come up, which are really these sort of zero interface, right, that just mm-hmm. conversational interfaces that are maybe very human. What are you most worried about? What worries you, or maybe you know, not even keeps you up at night, but you're like, wow, okay, this is this could be terrifying.
0: I don't. I'll give you t- probably two examples. Uh, one is probably Clippy 2.0. Uh, this gets yeah. tossed around a lot because Clippy was back there and yeah, and, and Microsoft Word in the 1990s, and that's what people would call a lot of these chatbots that come out, right? Like all these Facebook Messenger chatbots aren't really intelligent, they do one or two skills and that's about it, it's like, can I help, can I help? What do you want, you know, like you don't want to, there's a level of trust you want to have with the assistant, right? Uh, You want to build with the assistant because they have access or you might give them access to your calendar, your phone, your family, your photos, all of this. And the really good ones are the ones that actually are able to build insights you never would have thought of. Um, Basically that's a value there. Yeah. So you don't have to do any work. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say, uh, the most terrifying thing is if people use that uh, data for evil, right? And there's a lot of malicious things you could do with it. Uh, chat, like uh, Tay, for example, when yeah. Microsoft launched their actual conversation chatbot, like, it went straight racist. That yeah. that, that kind of sucks. <laughs> you yeah. don't really want that. Right. 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 And especially in our political climate right now.
1: Yeah. totally. Totally agree. On the opposite side, what most excites you? You know, you look at this future, and you know, I don't know if it's next year or five years or maybe even ten years away. (laughs) Right. But what most excites you about you know where we're going with these with these interfaces or zero interfaces that are conversational and and somewhat human?
0: I think, yeah, that's the, the almost human part is the most interesting part, and it's the invisible tech. This is probably like the best version of visible tech, right? There's something working on your behalf that you don't have to think about. And then it basically takes a cognitive load off the user to basically let you do other things, mm. uh, whether it's work or it's at home. You know, I think that's the most promising part of AI and where uh, the space is going. So it's really not chatbots, it's really actually the artificial intelligence, It's regardless of the interface. Right.
1: That's great. So uh,
0: any, any
1: last words about uh, maybe where you're headed next, and uh, whether it's AI, chatbots, those kinds of things?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty open to new opportunities in any space right now. So I got to build a general uh, digital assistant at Oslo, but I love to focus on it. It was interesting for us to go wide and deep in uh, various consumer spaces, but I love to like, really just focus in on one space and see how far we go and deliver a great experience. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks so much, Johnny.